Welcome to a new episode of Becoming Chiron, the key to unlocking healing and personal alchemy with me, your hostess, Ursula Duffy. It is 9.23 a.m. here on the East Coast in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Before I even begin getting into anything that we're going to be discussing today, I want to be sure to mention that there is an air show here in Atlantic City tomorrow and today is supposed to be the practice day. So I've done my best to start this as early as I can. If you hear any fighter jets or propellers or anything in the background, I do apologize in advance. There is potential for that to happen while I'm recording. Thankfully, Zoom is really, really good at removing the background noise. I also have an air conditioner on behind me, so if there's anything I will do my best to speak up <laughs> and uh, move through this as well as I can so it's not too long and so none of that interrupts us. So just to get that said and off my list to begin, just in case, if you hear anything like that, that's what's going on here. So today we are going to be discussing the upcoming new moon in Leo, which is early in the morning tomorrow. And... Uh, some other things that I want to be sure to mention in our astro weather check, which we'll start with as always, and then we'll get into the Chiron material for today. Today we'll be discussing Chiron and Cancer and Cancer energy in general. So that is what we have, and I'll I have actually a really cool, fun, exciting, important announcement to make, which I'll do at the end, like I do for everything that we have going on and coming up within the next couple of weeks for Sea Goddess. And I should be back with you ahead of our second full moon of the month on the 30th. So we'll touch on that in that episode. But just a heads up, that is incoming as well. In a couple weeks, this is a blue moon month, and we'll have our second full moon of August on the 30th, which will be a full moon in Pisces. And our first one was, I last time we recorded, I think it was on the 1st or the 2nd. So... I think it was, then full moon was on the second and the last episode we did was on the first. So lots of action in the sky. We touched on this last time and I will continue to be touching on the Venus retrograde. I think that's, um, I can't talk about the new moon tomorrow without talking about Venus. So let's just dive into the Leo energy and then we'll kind of go around and talk about everything else that's kind of happening concurrently. So the new moon in Leo is tomorrow morning at 5.38 a.m. here on the East Coast. Times will vary depending on your location. And it's infused with new Venus energy. And I say new Venus energy because a new Venus cycle began on Sunday. And I've got, gotten the opportunity to teach about this Venus retrograde a couple of times with, you know, the more that I, the longer I, you know, do my astrology work and live consciously like this and have this awareness of everything that's happening. And this is now the third or fourth Venus retrograde that I've been aware of and gotten to really dive into deeply since learning and practicing astrology. It's been pretty incredible. Although there's definitely been 
with many people that I know, many people that have been in the classes that I've taught, a lot of heartache, a lot of broken hearts. And I think I said this last time, this one in particular was very, very focused on the heart energy. One, because Venus rules over the heart chakra, but also because Leo rules over the heart as well. So that's like double influence over our heart spaces. So now that we're in this new cycle, I just want to remind everybody there's still opportunity and time to, if you want, set intentions for this. Like I've taught and said in the past, in past episodes, I work with planetary cycles just like I do lunar cycles. So it's very much a, like the energy of a new moon. So we have a new moon and a new Venus. So it's a very interesting time with the new moon happening kind of right on the heels of the new Venus cycle beginning. So the new Venus cycle began at 20 degrees of Leo on Sunday, and the new moon will be at 23 degrees of Leo tomorrow morning. Very close together, Venus will be at 18 degrees at the time of the new moon. So there's still, the energy is very infused right now. And just some of the overarching themes that I've seen and witnessed with people besides the broken hearts is healing for one. This retrograde has been making a very harmonious flow of energy to Chiron. And, you know, this whole project is devoted to Chiron, so we have to talk about that. Chiron's at 19 degrees of Aries right now. So the flow of energy between Venus and the new moon and Chiron is very supportive. So with that energy, especially with Aries, it just, it's like a clean slate. So whatever has come up for you during this time, particularly around healing your heart, around past relationships with others, but also with yourself, it's prime time for doing the work if you care to. Sometimes it's not even easy to do that, especially with when emotions are running high with two, two full moons during a Venus retrograde. It's, it's been a lot. But when you create the space for yourself, when you have time to really focusing on that heart healing in particular, with any time we have a Venus retrograde, the typical symptom is exes coming back into our lives. That's happened for almost everybody that I've either taught or that I know. Whether it's the person's, you know, still on this earth plane and has either reached out or there's been a run-in or a call or whatever, or other things that I've actually experienced personally, dreams. So it's been coming in different forms, but it's still there. And whenever this happens, it's an opportunity to work with the energy and dive a little bit deeper into the layers and what's coming up and what's still left to heal from whatever the experience was. The affirmation that I've been teaching for this Venus retrograde, I'm not sure if I mentioned it last time, is the strongest relationship I have is the one with myself. Because ultimately, with Leo energy, the highest expression is authentically creating and coming from the heart. And just shining your light regardless of what anybody else thinks. Not seeking validation outside of yourself. So there's a lot that's been in this experience, energetically, emotionally, everything. And now we have another clean slate with the new moon coming. So if you know where Leo is in your chart, themes of the house, good time to set those intentions for both the lunar cycle not just the short-term one of the next month, the long-term one of the next six months, and with Venus on our side there as well, perfect time to really dive deeply and reflect. Because, you know, with retrogrades, we talk about and teach all the, the RE words. So reflection right now ahead of the last, you know, under 12 hours of this, not 12, almost 24 hours Till the, the lunar cycle begins. We're burning off the previous one. We're in that balsamic moon phase now. So really, really good time to just take a beat, rest, reflect, and really think about 
what's been coming up and what you can do to move forward. The other thing that we have going on is we're in the pre-Mercury retrograde shadow at this point. It, we've been in it for, I think, a little over a week now, and Mercury's already got tricks. I've seen, been seeing it. An example, something weird happened last night. We were playing music on one part, like one soundbar in our household, and without us touching or doing anything, it switched to a different soundbar, and it, we just had some very interesting technological things already starting to happen. So just be on the lookout for that. The themes might already be starting to brew for you. Mercury is very close to the planet Mars right now. They're within a few degrees of each other, so mind your words. But also that gives your words a little oomph. So perfect time to carefully think about the intentions and the affirmations for the, these new cycles with Venus and the moon. If it's something where it's a heated word or heated thoughts that wouldn't do anyone justice to speak to the other person or whatever you're healing from that's been coming up. Writing is a perfect way. Speaking out loud to yourself, screaming into a pillow, anything to get it out, but in a mindful way. And remembering to always take a beat, especially now that Mercury and Venus are slowing down. That's our mind and our heart. So take a beat respond rather than react. And the energy can feel a little confusing right now too. We have also going on in the sky and building uh, Mars opposing Neptune. The last time we had Mars-Neptune contact was a square back in the fall. And I think I talked about that as just being seriously unmotivated to do anything. <laughs> so we can have that energy coming in as well and also just confusing things might not be very clear right now around everything that's going on so the retrograde will begin officially on the 23rd next week it's also the same day the sun will shift into virgo so we have Mer mercury and venus retrogrades concurrent for roughly a week so that just adds kind of like that you know just sit reflect pause Everything's kind of slow to go right now with the energies that we've been experiencing with our personal planets. The other thing with the new moon is it's pretty much in an exact square to Uranus. And Venus has been doing this square dance with Uranus as well. So this is also a great opportunity with the path forward, although it may not be very clear, it might be a little bit murky, murky right now. Murky Mercury is kind of <laughs> what I'm getting and coming through at the moment to describe that feeling. It's a great opportunity to really focus on your path, your authenticity, and your individuation. And what can you do moving forward to show up for yourself and for others more yourself? That's also been an overarching theme. And Aligning with your heart and authenticity was the topic that we chose for our August Soul broadcast. So it's very much in alignment with the energies that we've been seeing going on now. There's also Venus is kind of been doing the square dance with Jupiter too. So it's just big energy. It could be full of surprises. There's still a ways to go with this. The Venus retrograde is not officially over until September 3rd. So Mercury will still be retrograde at that point. So, you know, as we emerge from our Merc, things will be, get clearer, but just give it time. And the other thing I think I mentioned last time is we now have the South Node in Libra and the ruler of the, the ruler of the South Node, the ruler of Libra is Venus and Venus is really slow right now. So that release energy that, you know, getting back to balance finding your harmony after this experience, the post-shadow period kind of being the integration part, those pieces might be a little bit slower to come back together in a new way. Anytime we have parts of us break, like our hearts, we have the opportunity again, like I keep saying, we have opportunity here to put the pieces back together in a new and a stronger way. So that recalibration might feel a little bit slow as well.
So just know if that's what you're feeling. I've been hearing from people like everything just feels stuck and stagnant. That's the energy that we're in. But with this activation we're getting from Uranus and from Jupiter, there's a very interesting thing brewing as far as just the language of synchronicity and that quality of time that we can't quite put our fingers on divine timing in particular there's there's that kind of playing out beneath the surface as well so if you've noticed any really interesting synchronicities that have been coming along with this whole experience i would not be surprised i have as well which i'll mention at the end when i make my announcement and then you know we have the north node in aries now too so that's that trailblazing path forward energy so moving into and healing into that space is part of the point as well we have a lot of fire in the sky and a lot of earth and that translates that whole as above so below correspondence natural law all of that is very much at play on the planet right now too i mean look what's happening in hawaii so like just the land burning and ways that we may have grounded ourselves before just kind of set that shit on fire and find a different way and do something that really honors you even more than anything that you've done before and i touched on the barbie topic last time i still have not seen the movie but i have talked to more people that have seen it and i really do feel like it's a pretty cool energy that's come out of that space as well with this venus retrograde so Hopefully, oh, and the other thing too is um, mother-daughter healing and that whole matrilineal line. There's been a lot of energy that I've noticed with other people coming into that space as well, like with your own mother, but also like grandmom and also just like ancestral. And we'll get into that too when we talk about cancer. So really interesting how the, the topics are kind of intertwining, which I always love. And one of the things that a lot of people have been doing with the Barbie movie is going to see it with their mothers, which is curious. And just the things I'm hearing about the, the you know, authenticity and the story of the Barbie character stepping into her own and taking her power back and it being a celebration of the hero's journey story, the heroine's journey story, and I'm talking about H-E-R-O-I-N-E, -E, not the opiate. <laughs> There's been some confusion around that when I've said it. Um, so just that whole soul's purpose, personal journey, all of like Joseph Campbell's work, all the archetypes kind of like being intertwined with all of this. It's really, really fascinating. So that's another thing if you just want to not focus on feelings for a couple hours and just take a break and have some fun. Also very much Leo energy, just being playful and inner child stuff. Uh, if you can go see the movie, see the movie. So there's just another, maybe I'll get to see it soon. So, and I can discuss more on it after that as we get into our integration phase. And we also have a lot of Earth um, earth to earth contacts right now so we have pluto still sitting in very late capricorn at 28 degrees and uranus is at 23 degrees of taurus that's the farthest it's gotten into taurus since it shifted in in 2018 so that's also a note mental note especially for anyone in the thick of their uranus opposition like me which i've talked about it's i i this is for me as of tomorrow with the chart that i'm looking at will be exact for the first time ever. So that's actually pretty exciting. So we have that, we have Jupiter pretty much halfway through Taurus at this point, and then Mars and Mercury together in the late degrees of Virgo as well. So then the sun will pop in next week. So there's lots of grounding energy, lots of feeling, moving the energy through our bodies, transmuting it back into the earth, thanking mother earth for taking it back and doing with it as Mother Earth will do and just getting it out of our systems. Lots and lots of just being practical about the whole thing. Mercury in Virgo is a, a very happy place for Mercury to be. 
Mercury said to be exalted in Virgo. And that's also another one of the signs that it rules. So there's a lot of just that mental, mental, what's the word I'm looking for? Not only the opportunity that comes along with Mercury retrogrades and the shift in perspective, but the organizational structure that comes with having supportive energy from Virgo at this time, I think is really helpful as well. Just being able to organize our thoughts into a way or, or make a, you know, a goal book or something coming out of this whole experience, it's helpful. And with Mercury retrogrades, as I always teach, it's a great time to review and revise all the things that pertain to that planet. So there's just a lot kind of challenging, but also really supportive in this, in this energy. And Mars will shift into Libra on the 27th of August. So that whole like fix it, get shit organized and done energy is going to burn off a bit towards the end of the month. So take advantage of it while you can. Okay. I think that that wraps up the astro weather check for today. We just take a moment and be sure as I'm looking at the chart. Yeah, I think we're good. That's a lot. I know it's a lot. There's a lot happening. And there's a lot that's happening at the same time, which is always really cool and interesting to kind of dive into and pick apart. And if you have any Virgo placements, as you all know, I've said my moon's in Virgo, my Jupiter's in Virgo, my Venus is in Virgo. So that will also impact you differently if you've got planetary placements in any of the mutable signs. So Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius and Pisces. So kind of think about that as well with the incoming Mercury action. And if you've been through this experience with Venus, with Leo placements, then I'm pretty sure that there's definitely, also if you have fixed sign placements, things that have been coming up more so than some other people that do not. So let's get into our Chiron material for today. Today, like I said, we'll be covering Chiron and Cancer and just sort of to throw in my own information on Cancerian energy before we dive in. Whenever I work with somebody that has Cancer placements, I always, 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 because it, because it is the very best, I think, one of the best representations of the energy of the sign pull in the animal, which is the crab. So think about a crab. If you've seen a crab, if you've ever had an interaction with a crab, if you've ever been bitten by a crab, the crab's body is a weapon. The crab does not move forward. It walks side to side. So it doesn't really face things head on. When a crab grows, it changes shells for the most part. I'm not an expert on crabs, but we have that soft shell crab time. And when the crab has to exit the one shell to grow, to get into the other to grow, it's extremely vulnerable when it's kind of walking around naked before it gets into the other shell. And then it has this assimilation period. So the whole thing is the body being the weapon, the external protection that can hurt, that protects that ooey-gooey body that's on the inside, which I always liken to emotional vulnerability. So one of the most important things with cancer energy is reflecting on where you put up walls to protect yourself emotionally. It's one of the biggies. And then in what way that gets weaponized throughout your life. It's very, cancer, cancer energy is very protective in general, like of one, oneself, but also of others, especially family members or anyone that you hold near and dear to your heart. It's that maternal energy. It's 
cardinal water. So think of like the primordial soup that all life is birthed from. The symbol looks like a set of breasts. So it has that energy that's very much associated with the milky fluids of the body. It's also considered one of the feminine signs. It's the only sign ruled by the moon. So that maternal lineage comes into play with that as well. Lineage in general, roots, ancestry, nostalgia, just, you know, being very maybe like homebodied and very family oriented. It's also one of the signs where love gets expressed through things like food and things that bring comfort and safety and security. And outside of the self-protection part of it, which is where it can get a little hairy and kind of drift into like the more shadowy expressions. It's just such a beautiful energy. Like when you know someone who's a cancer, has a cancer moon or cancer placements in general, you just, they're, they're, they feel like home. So it's a beautiful energy. It's a very nurturing energy, but it's also beneath the surface, very vulnerable. And another one of the key things with Cancerian energy is emotional maturity and emotional authenticity. And just usually very intuitive, empathic and sweet as well. So there's always something that comes into play as far as the ability to put the shell on when needed to protect one's energy, but also knowing that for growth, that vulnerability part has to come in. So you have to allow space for that as well. So with Chiron in Cancer, if you're new here, I read from Barbara Hanklau's Chiron Rainbow Bridge Between the Inner and Outer Planets. And I've been teaching for season two and now season three this season from this book about Chiron. Season two, we did Chiron through the houses, and now we're doing Chiron through the signs. And I pretty much skip over all the very specific references written about in this book for the research that Barbara put into it as far as like chart examples. So it's a little disjointed in what I'm reading, but if you really want to know what she's talking about and see the examples, uh, just get the book. So we'll start with the years of people being born with Chiron and Cancer. So that would be August 29th of 1937 through November 23rd of 1937, May 29th, 1938 through September 30th of 1940, January 1st of 1940 through June 17th of 1941, June 22nd of 1988 through July 21st of 1991. And for future listeners, July 22nd of 2038 through January 8th of 2039. So this is what Barbara has to say about people with Chiron and Cancer in their natal chart. When Chiron is in Cancer, the native has a crisis over cultural roots and or a crisis of personal protection. This native sees his or her own ability to feel safe and secure on the planet as a personal and cultural dynamic. And the ecological power of Chiron usually predominates over the personal crisis. No one has mentioned it so far, but Chiron in Cancer is a very difficult position because the native is tied to the past and very threatened by the present earth crisis. These individuals were born in the depths of World War II to parents who feared for their own survival. And this has created a profound dilemma for the security seeking cancer type. Most of these natives also have Uranus and Taurus and some have Saturn and Taurus. They have been deeply shaken and out of the power of cancer will come a healing of the earth when these natives experience their Chiron return 
which would have been in 1988 through 1991. After the Chiron and Gemini group have identified the crises in 1983 through 1988. In the meantime, these natives have an intensely an intense insecurity dynamic operating, which is a great opportunity for healing. Also, this critical earth healing cycle is exaggerated only during the virgin cycle of Chiron from 1977 through 2028, just as the virgin cycle of Pluto, approximately 1930 through 2170, is very intense. As we are all aware, these are apocalyptical times. The apocalypse is now as we experience the rebirth of powerful solar system dynamics evident since the sighting of Uranus. The struggle to break Saturn control and let go to Uranus electricity is a very tough battle for those with Chiron and Cancer. They need help to see that influences occurring from Saturn on this planet are also forming because of the Uranian dynamic. That what we think about creates our reality. We are actually much more free to act than most individuals with Chiron and Cancer comprehend. And if they can recognize their own power as manifestors, they will be at the forefront of manifesting true security for Earth. Natives with Chiron and Cancer will either be desperately seeking a means for real security or they will have the crab shell around themselves and be hiding. Oh, wow. And she goes into some chart uh, specifics, which I'll skip over. And then she says, the house position reveals the chirotic dynamic. First of all, the house shows where the native is seeking release from Saturn control. It shows where the experimentation is occurring. These ex those experiences ruled by the house position will have to do with control and letting go and must be examined. And then she goes more into specifics, which I'll skip over again. So that's the gist. That is super interesting. And I did not think about the Uranus and Taurus aspect. So if anyone listening or you know anybody that's around age 84, they have Chiron and Cancer. So these are like our grandparents or in-laws, our the people that are our elders at this point, like the, the oldest generation to an extent. So that's fascinating. Super fascinating. Wow. I'm like wanting to reflect on that a little bit more as I'm also trying to talk about it. I haven't read, I haven't reread this book in a while, which has also been really cool and helpful for me diving back into the material by doing these episodes. Wow. So like the lineage and think about like, if you know anybody who's in their eighties, how fascinating. And in your relationship with them, like being of the younger generation and, you know, us that are half their age and younger, like how have, how can we, and how have we helped them realize what Barbara talks about as far as being manifestors and our thoughts creating our reality and all of that? I wonder how many of the great spiritual teachers like Louise Hay and Wayne Dyer, like I wonder if they were of that generation of people with Chiron and Cancer. And they like started it, they were like the pioneers and now it's trickling down and we're all learning more and more from their work. And as we infuse that into our lives, like those little changes inside of ourselves from the work that we embody and learn creates the change. Fascinating. Okay. Points for reflection, for sure. All right, so we'll move into the Black Moon Astrology cards, the Cancer card. And just a reminder, if you're new or if you're listening, it have been for a while, as I've been using this Oracle deck, remember it's an Oracle deck. So the guidebook that I read from is written as if you were using this as an Oracle deck. So 
just remember that. And I'll try and skip over any parts that it says, like if you pull this with another card or whatever. So the cancer card is number 16. It has the cancer symbol on it. It has the moon on it. And this picture of a, looks like an ancient statue of a woman. It almost looks Egyptian to an extent. It's all green, which is interesting. And the message on the card is, I feel. And here we go. Your feelings are your God. The soul is your temple. And I'm probably going to butcher the name of who that quote is from, but Chanakya, I think is what it says. C-H-A-N-A-K-Y-A. And here's what it says. Rely upon the wisdom of what you feel right now. Individuals born under the sign of cancer are mysterious and alluring, just like their ruler, the moon. A solitary orb that floats alone in the night sky, yet is still very much in sight. Cancers have a depth of feeling not easily seen, as if in the deepest parts of the ocean, fathoms below the surface, but where there is great power. Cancers are reclusive, and they tend to hide their feelings and have alternating moods. They are emotionally vulnerable and are easily wounded. They can be downright touchy, and when feelings are bruised, cancers can come across as crabby and harsh. They feel for others deeply and are exceptionally sympathetic. But as they are highly empathic, the emotions of others can exhaust them. Cancers are resilient, endure much, and can overcome just about anything, which seems peculiar because they are so sensitive. Cancer is the sign of the mother, and those ruled by cancer tend to be overprotective of their offspring, which means that they also like to control and take over. After all, the child is an extension of the mother who also needs to be protected. So she must remain strong to take care of her young. Cancer is the sign of the imagination. They have a rich fantasy life. So they do well in the areas of creative writing, art, and also music. And with their gut reactions, cancers can also be very accurate psychics. When the cancer card presents itself in a reading, you can be assured emotions are high. You may want to withdraw, or you may be dealing with someone who is withdrawn or depressed at this time. There is a feeling of being connected to the unseen world, and this includes the world of ghosts and spirits. This card can indicate inherited psychic abilities and even witch blood. There is a typhoon of power behind cancer's strong feelings. But it can also mean you're in sync with other people's emotions. You'll instinctively know what to do at the right time. There is sensitivity and emotional close closeness indicated. If your question is about love, it may be a secret or involve bonded souls as with a mother and child. This card can also mean that family or domestic issues need to be addressed. A mother or a maternal figure is also indicated by this card. Women may figure prominently, women's issues and how women get along. The sign of cancer is known for good memory and for the ability to hold on the longest, either positively or negatively. So although it will be hard to overlook any slights at this time, forgiveness is the best response. Right now, your moods may be changeable, just like the moon's phases throughout the month, and you may want to hide and withdraw from hurt and pain. Perhaps this pain is real or imagined, but in this solitude, you will build a greater strength to face whatever it is that holds you back. Cancer card in brief, women, kind women, 
female mysteries, the breasts, mother, pregnancy, early life, the soul, what happens at night, the night sky, witches and their powers, creative imagination, being drawn in by illusion and fantasy, what is hidden, being withdrawn, introversion, seclusion, wanting to hide away, loneliness, secret love affairs, clandestine encounters, culinary arts, nourishment, importance of food and diet, the digestive system, stomach issues, immediate family, the family tree, the tribe you belong to, the past, history and all it evokes, buying or selling antiques, taking an old-fashioned view, guilt, remorse, looking back instead of forward, issues with trust, moods, being overly sensitive, drowning in emotions, looking to save or be saved, ruminating over problems while not moving forward, doing the right thing, having compassion, sympathy, and support. Corresponding to row card is the moon and the key ideas, inner awareness, memory, the past, hiding, seclusion, mothers, and the womb. Fitting that we're talking about the new moon. Interesting that we'll be doing Leo next time. So I'm curious how the baton gets handed off from the themes of today's episode to the next one under the full moon. So I love it. And one thing that was mentioned in the card, the night sky, I almost forgot to mention that we just had the annual Perseid meteor shower. And it peaked over the weekend, but on either side, like ahead of it and after it, there's definitely more activity in the sky. So keep your eye on the sky for any shooting stars, which I always love to see. The Perseids were actually the first meteor shower I ever watched when I was like 12, I think it was, or 13. And I just found it so fascinating. Just like laid down, look up at the sky for hours and just watch like all the different types of meteors too. If you've you ever watched a meteor shower, it's so cool. So like you got the ones that move real slow and then they just like shoot. Ones that are really fast, like you were like, did I really see that? The ones that move real slow and they're super bright, there's all different colors. It's just one of the coolest things. And there are these uh, annual meteor showers that we have and Perseids is one of them. One of the unfortunate things for people that have daytime schedules is they usually peak during the nighttime and they originate from whatever the constellation, the, the name of the shower comes from. So these originate in Perseus. So the peak of the shower is usually when that constellation is visible. You can use any app, any of the free ones are great, like Night Sky, or there's several other ones that I'm not remembering right now, but they'll usually tell you exactly where to look. Or even timeanddate.com is one of my favorite resources for things like this. So there's still plenty of opportunity to see some activity in the sky if it's dark, especially where you live, if you haven't watched it already, if it's clear, which is kind of hard to get in the summer months in the Northern Hemisphere, but those rare, clear mid-August nights are perfect for Perseid viewing. So we'll stop there with content. I'll make a few announcements and we'll be done for today. I um, always still encourage anyone to reach out if the material resonates, if you are listening and you have Chiron and Cancer, I'd love to hear how that all resonated as far as the material, especially what Barbara said. So I always love hearing from you, either comments and a review on whatever platform you listen and or just reach out to me directly, ursaalchemy at gmail.com. Would love, love, love to hear from you. I'll probably include a poll in the Spotify version of this episode. So if you're listening on Spotify, go in there and I'll probably include some Venus stuff in there just for 
starting some conversation. <laughs> and uh, if anything that I've shared so far about the Venus retrograde resonates, I'd love to hear about that too. So the big announcement, and I will also describe the astrology of this, the personal astrology of this. I am going to start doing in-person readings at the Sage Lady Shop. Our wonderful colleague, Christine, just merged and moved her shop to Zen Landing Wellness Studio in Mays Landing. We've held some workshops at Zen Landing. We've talked about this in, earlier in the year. So now she's working out of there and put out a call a few weeks ago for, she wants to expand her team. So the call was for, she, she, it's pretty much like tarot reading, oracle reading, numerology is, is most of the people she has on staff. Astrology was not included in that post that she made. So I reached out anyway, thinking, hey, why not? Let me give it a shot. And she responded with a resounding yes. So I will be doing in-person birthday sky astrology readings on Thursdays at the Sage Lady Shop inside Zen Landing Wellness Studio in Mays Landing. We'll be doing introductory pricing on that. I'll be starting on August 31st. Introductory pricing, it'll be a 45-minute natal chart reading. And if you're already familiar with the natal chart, we can do whatever you want. We can look at transits. And I'll be starting there on August 31st from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And there will be four slots available during the times. She already has it up on her website. It's already available for booking. So I'll include that link in the show notes. The website is readbychristine.com, R-E-A-D-B-Y-C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E.com, and just go to her events tab, and then scroll down to you see me. And I think she's calling it Astrology Thursdays with, with Ursula or something like that. It was really cool the way that the, she wrote up my, my page and description and everything. So thank you, Christine. And I'm just super excited. I've been hoping for something like this for a while now. I love in person. I know if you're listening and we've worked together, it's mostly been online via Zoom, which is also great because that gives me the opportunity to do a proper recording and all of the deliverables that I include. So this will be a little bit of a short and sweet version of what I do online, my you know one hour birthday sky readings and more. And it'll just be nice to start meeting more people in the community. She really wants the shop to be a place where people go for in-person readings. There could be other opportunities for events that come with this as well. So like I said, I start on August 31st, and then I'll be doing the first and third Thursdays of the month. So the next one will be in early September and then late September, and then we'll figure out dates for October. So you can book August and either of the two September dates on her website right now. And the introductory pricing will go until the end of October. So that's super exciting. And curiously, interestingly, as I spoke to synchronicity earlier, I have taught in this podcast and many other places that I was taught and have pulled into my own practice because I believe it to be 100% true that the planet that rules your North Node and your natal chart is like the hero of your whole story. And that resonated for me so deeply when I learned it first, when I got my first readings and then in my training and then bringing that out to, into my work with people, it's, I, it's hundred percent true. So you have your, you know, ruling planet, ruler of your rising sign, ruler of your ascendant, but then there's also this mysterious hero in your chart too, which is the ruler of your North node. And as I've shared, my North node is in Leo. So my North node has been getting a lot of action with this Venus retrograde. It's at 17 degrees. And I've kind of been putting out this call to the universe for a little while for, you know, something local, something that will, you know, just get me more readings. Like I just working one-on-one with people is my, it, it's what lights me up the most. So the sun rolls the sign of Leo and the day that the sun was on my north node, this whole thing with doing the in-person readings became reality. And something similar happened last year, right around the same time. 
that's when I started um, connecting with and planning workshops at Island Therapy, another in-person opportunity that I had last year around this time. So it's very curious the way that the North Node and the North Node, North Node ruler and the timing of all that coming together with something being birthed into reality that really helps you along in your soul's journey and growth. As we talk about the North Node, that's soul's growth point and like facing some fears and getting out of the comfort zone and all that. So I'm just super excited and the divine timing behind it just blows my mind all the time. No matter how many times I work with it and see it, I'm just always like, wow, I cannot believe that that happened right on time like that. Like it's just, just wow. I'm just always in awe. So that is my big announcement. And we have a couple other things. The jets are starting. So I'm going to wrap this up. We have our drum circle, our August monthly surf and soul drum circle is on this Thursday, 530 to 7 in Atlantic City. You can find details on our website. I'll put the link in the episode notes. And then next week on Tuesday, the 22nd, is the final farmer's market at Epsicon Lighthouse. So we'll be there vending. That's four to seven. And that'll be the last one of the summer season there. And then the big thing we have coming up in about a month is our second annual Last Splash Festival. That is a mermaid and pirate themed fundraiser for the Apsecon Lighthouse and the Marine Mammal Stranding Center. So I'll include information for that as well. That'll be in Atlantic City at the Lighthouse on Saturday, September 16th from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. And we're still looking for vendors, performers, and sponsors, but everything's kind of coming together now. So it's really exciting. This is an exciting time in the festival planning. We're presenting it and uh, it's a fundraiser, like I said, for the Lighthouse and for the Stranding Center. So save the date on that. We'll be sending out emails and doing more posts and stuff between now and then. And I'm going to wrap it up. Like I said, the jets have started. <laughs> so I hope that everything resonated for everybody listening today. And if it did, I'd love to hear from you in particular, especially those Chiron and Cancer people, if you're listening. And the offer still stands as far as leaving me stars in a review on a platform for which that's enabled. And I will gift you my Lunar Alchemy class. And happy Venus retrograde, being on the other side, new cycle, new moon, all the things, the clean slates, like I said in the beginning. And as I always say, which is even more awesome and in particular for this up upcoming new moon tomorrow morning, remember to be a maverick. Bye.